Thank you for that. Thank you for that just mediocre clap for me. Thank you so much. Pastor Tom. What's up? Oh, just joking. Just joking. No, I, I am Pastor Tom. I need to introduce myself. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here, but I'm not in charge. So the man in charge is on vacation. So he got me this morning. Um, but we're, we're going to be uh, talking and sharing an incredible God story. I hope you guys have been enjoying the God stories. Because seriously, come on. I mean, the God stories that we've been showing are God stories. But I want to just say, in this room, there are God stories. What, what, what I mean by God stories is you can't attribute anything else except it's God. Anybody with me? That every single person here is sitting here with an incredible Jesus Christ story because Jesus stamped it and said, you know what? This cannot, it wouldn't have happened if the Holy Spirit wasn't with this or didn't create it or didn't make it happen. And, and so I want to encourage you guys that these incredible God stories are just bragging about the Lord. Don't you love bragging about God and what he can do? He is so powerful. But we have another one. Uh, a really powerful story this morning, but it, it, what the story is real about is one person who impacted many and, and actually really uh, did one thing. He evangelized. And uh, it's this word evangelism, which to be honest with you, I was, I was really, I, you know, growing up, I'm scared of this word evangelism. I want to take a little poll here. How many of you guys even know what the word evangelism means? Whoa, okay, good. We, we have an educated Congregation, in the last service, nobody. I'm like, wow, is anybody, anybody a Christian here? What's going on? You know, and evangelism is basically, simply put, is telling people that do not know Jesus about Jesus. Isn't that what it really is? It's simply put, that's what it all is. And, and really, my message is about evangelism. It's about sharing Jesus Christ with those who do not know Jesus Christ. And because of that, I think this is a very important message. Uh, I actually want to start off in prayer. And so let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, as we talk about this, as I talk about this, as I teach about it, Lord, I pray that, that it would show your heartbeat, that it would show how much you love people, how much you love us, how much you did to bring every single person into this room whether we, we know it or not, but every single person in here is a miracle because we are here to hear your word, Lord Jesus. But there are many out there that need to know you, Jesus, that need to know your word. And the most amazing thing is you want us and you want to use us and you allow us to be a part of that miracle, a, a part of someone else's story. So Lord, inspire us right now. Fill us with your Holy Spirit Fill my words that we can feel your heartbeat, God, that we know your heart, that we know your desires, and so that we be inspired to go out there and share it. In Jesus' precious name, we all say, amen. amen. All right, so today I'm talking about evangelism. And like I said, I'm, I was scared of that term. Why? Because growing up, when I heard the, the word evangelism or evangelist, you know what I, talk, you know what I thought about? Billy Graham, Right? <laughs> I thought about Jimmy Swagger. I thought about all those guys. I'm talking about 80s, right? Remember PTL? Anybody watch PTL? Victory in Jesus. I, that's, I, thought, I thought of the crazy people in Waikiki shouting Jesus' name. And so I thought you had to be bold and brash, and you had to be a certain type of personality to be an evangelist. And I was never that. And so I never really associated myself 
to be an evangelist or to evangelize, and I always talk myself out of it. I'm like, I am too shy, I'm too short, I'm too Filipino, I'm too, I'm too whatever it is, I don't know the Bible, and I just, I mean, I'm going to be rejected. Anybody with me? Yeah. And I talk myself out of sharing. I'm like, leave that to the people that are just irritating. Leave that. They can irritate people with Jesus, and I'm not that person. And I wanted to say one thing. I want to break that mold because if you know Jesus and the Holy Spirit's inside of you, you're called to evangelize. You're called to share Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have to share him. We can't hoard Jesus. He's good enough to share. He's good enough to share, and people need Jesus. And, and we need to be reminded to tell people about Jesus. And, and I, I'm going to say this because I was a pastor. I wasn't, you think I need to hear about evangelism as a pastor? Absolutely. I was a junior high pastor, and I was sitting in a sermon one day, and it really got convicted. And it got convicted that I, was, I had a bad attitude. I, I would surf this one spot in town. I'm not going to name any names. Everyone's trying to guess what spot it is. And um, I would go to this spot all the time because I love the wave but I really didn't like the people. They were mean. They were mean people. They were just like, they own the wave, you know, the locals there, and I'm from the east side, and they're from town. Sorry for from town, I'm sorry. Um, but they just had a mean, I, I, I promise you, I remember one time going there, and they eyed out my friends, and seriously, one person, um, my friend, like, literally just watched some guy catch a wave. He got paddled out, looked at my friends, all, you don't even look at my wave. I've been serving this place since high school. You don't look at my way. I'm all, huh? I mean, this is, there was, and I was, I was serving this spot a lot, like, like kind of like at the end of the day, kind of dusk patrol, they call it. And uh, I would see the same people. And there was this one big, huge local guy there. And I remember one time he paddled out. It was real crowded. And he literally, well, I saw him do this. A big local guy on a longboard. He's just like, boom, pointing at people. He's pointing. I'm so glad he didn't point at me. But he's like, pointing at people. And the next half an hour, he was calling people out. He was telling people to go in. He was dropping in on them. He was just causing havoc. And one by one, those people that he pointed, they started disappearing. And they started going in. And I was so glad that he didn't point at me. So I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to stay. Thank you so much. But because of that, I would go to the spot with such a bad attitude. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave them to whatever it is. I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to catch my waves. I know the spot. I know where to sit. I can catch the leftovers, and they can have all the big sets. I'm just going to sit here, and just whatever it is, I'm not going to talk to anybody. And I just like, you know what? I just like, mm-mm, nope. Like, you do whatever you want. Sunday morning, I hear a message from Pastor Carl. This is like 10 years ago. Talked about loving people. You got to love people. You got to share Jesus' love with them. I'm like, all right, I want to do that. I got super inspired. I went surfing that spot that day. God's all, remember the message this morning? Yeah, it applies to them too. Ah. <laughs> Jesus was, God was telling me, I love them too. And they need me. These people need Jesus. I'm all, no, they don't. I don't want to, because I knew what he was going to say. He's like, and I want you to share that with them. Go make some friends, Tom. Go make some friends. I'm all, okay. Okay, so being the obedient Christian I was, I was like, okay, Lord Jesus, I'll talk to anybody. Who do you want me to talk to? God was like, that guy. <laughs> that big local guy sitting at the top of this thing that rules this place. He's the king of this spot. I want to talk. I want you to make friends with that guy. 
And I literally said, you know what? There's a Japanese guy that doesn't speak English that I can, he's sitting right here. He's right next to me. He's as afraid as I am. And we're, I want to talk to that guy. No, I want you to talk to that guy, which means I had to paddle all the way to the top of the heap. You know, it's like there's a pecking order in these spots, you know? I was like at the bottom of, and like I had to paddle all the way over there. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, this guy's big and scary and whatever it was. And I literally paddled over there in faith, sat next, I mean, I'm not sat, I'm like, I just, you know, sat there. I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say? You know what I said? Sup? That's all I said. And he said, sup? And it started from there. And it was so long ago, to be honest with you, I don't even remember what I said. I kept on surfing it, you know, all the time, same time, you know, and I would see the same guy and I would know him and he was talking to me and I, I told him where I work. I was a pastor and I was, you know, I lived on the east side. And I would surf here, whatever it was. And seriously, it ended up to be a really, really nice guy. And guess what? I caught more waves because I was his friend too, by the way. Just <laughs> awesome, you know. But to be honest with you, there's no bow at the end of the story. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to go, do you want to know Jesus Christ? I didn't pray in the water with him holding hands, you know? Like, you want to accept? No, there was no end of the story. But I really believe it was more for me. And I, ho- I hope I planted some seeds. But God was telling me, get out of yourself. Change your mindset. Your mindset is holding you back. And I think so much evangelism starts not when we talk to somebody. Evangelism, sharing Jesus, starts in our mind. And we have to change our mindset. And we have to get God's heartbeat. We have to get God's heartbeat. And I really believe in Romans 10. This is God's heartbeat for evangelism, for sharing Jesus. Romans 10, verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. How is anyone going to hear about Jesus Christ unless we go because Jesus sent it and we say something? We just go, Jesus and someone hears, and someone says, okay, if we go out and say nothing, then nothing's going to happen. How many of you guys remember Pastor Carl's sermon about, you know, uh, he was talking about this uh, in one of his sermons, like, man, I don't want to have ugly feet. I know there's a many ugly feet in here. I know you got toe jams, and you didn't manicure, and I know you didn't cut it, whatever it is, and it probably stinks right now. Don't check, please. I know there's a bunch of just ugly feet right now, but I want to tell you one thing. If you're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ with someone else who doesn't know Jesus Christ, you're going to look down at your feet and they're going to be beautiful because Jesus makes them beautiful. Why? Because they're carrying the gospel. They're carrying the good news. And I want beautiful feet. How about you? I want spiritual beautiful feet. My feet are really dry and old looking. Um, But I want my feet to be beautiful. And I hope you want your feet to be beautiful because it's carrying Jesus Jesus Christ's message. And I want to say one thing to you guys, and we're going to share the God story. Here's the main thing I want you to take away from this talk about sharing Jesus Christ, is that you have no idea the difference you can make. Can I say that? Have that just 
ring in your head right now. You have no idea what difference you can make, which means the smallest offering, God can take it and blow it up and do a miracle right before your eyes. The smallest thing, the smallest prayer with someone, the smallest God bless you, the smallest thing that you say to your waitress, whatever it is, can, can be used for the glory of the Lord. You have no idea. And what, what is the difference? You sharing Jesus, is, the difference is heaven and hell. The difference is life and death. The, the difference is eternity. The difference is someone killing themselves or really feeling the love of Jesus Christ. The difference is a saved marriage. Whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, our little bit can go a long way in Jesus' name. And I actually want to share that God story about it. This is an incredible example of this. So check the screens and, and watch this. I grew up kind of like a broken family, and I used drugs and alcohol to get away from all my problems in life. And it kind of led me into the path of uh, joining a gang. Initiation was like breaking car windows, windshields, dealt drugs, did them. I had a group of friends, about seven really my close friends, that were in the gang with me. So as I was living my life like that, uh, I felt empty inside. I felt like I was always striving for a source of belonging. That's why I joined the gang. I just wanted to be loved. About sophomore year or so, I met this girl. Her name was uh, Missy, and um, she was very dear to my heart. She was a you know, really close friend, one of my best friends. And it grew a little bit more into from a friendship to a, a relationship. After I kissed her for the first time, a week later, she ended up passing away. And that was heartbreaking for me. I was just sitting in my room one day, and I've, I felt this thing inside of me just saying, hey, just pick, just pick me up, just open up my pages, just read about me. And I opened up the Bible, and it started talking about this guy who lost everything. And at that point in time, God was saying that, hey, I can relate to you what you're going through. I know the pain you're feeling, and I know, I know how to help you, and I'm here for you, and I love you. So it wasn't until I actually uh, got to Hope Chapel where I realized that I need to start over from scratch. I need to quit doing, uh, quit doing alcohol or I quit drugs to join the Marine Corps. I gave up alcohol and I really pursued God. I was like, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna start going to church. I don't know where to go to church, but I'm gonna start going to church. My roommate goes to Hope Chapel and he's the one that brought me here. And the first time I ever stepped foot in this church, I was like, wow, there's something different about this place. They, they just love me for who I am. Uh, they care about me. And as I started going to church and I started listening to scripture, I started pursuing the Bible a little bit more. I, I was really listening to what the pastors were saying and really where their hearts were just to try to lead me to, to Christ. And as I started to understand who Christ really is, I started to understand the difference I can make in life and really I just love talking about Jesus that's where my heart was now at it wasn't into my drugs you know doing all the stuff I used to have been doing back in my past in the gang gang life it was more about I just love talking about God this past April April 30th um, I was I had a trip to go back home to Michigan for leave to see my family God kind of spoke to me on the plane I was like I just need to take a break God was like no I need to do something. I need to do something for your friends. And uh, I was like, all right, God, I, I need to listen to you. 
one of my closest friends that we used to do, you know, break car windows and do drugs with. I go home and we're spending a late night. It's like one in one in the morning, going back to his apartment, hanging out. This lady stops out of her house. She goes, "Hey, uh, hey, Gio, my, you know, my sink is linking underneath my." sink will you fix it and Gio just having a kind heart he does absolutely let me take a look at it like it's like two in the morning why are you up so late you know and uh she goes my daughter just passed away two weeks ago she was 22 I'm a registered nurse and I wasn't on staff at that hospital I pretty much had to watch my daughter die I was like wow and I just remember uh just praying over her and the whole time Gio's just watching all of this happen she shows me this letter and I, I open up this letter and it's this anonymous letter from a Baptist church in Kansas that says, hey, we don't know if there's a financial uh, loss uh, or a uh, loss of life, but we feel we need to pray over this household at this address. We just want to comfort you and just let you know that God loves you and just be with you. I was like, wow, this is definitely God because how, who knows? And she was like, there's no way. Like, she was just looking at it in disbelief. I was looking at it in disbelief. I was like, no, well, that's crazy, you know? Uh, and she was, she was crying, and she gives me a hug, and she's like, I love you. And I was like, I love you too, Sue. We walk inside Gio's apartment, and I just remember Gio going, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. He's like, he's crying, almost jumping up and down. He's like, did you see that? And I was like, what, what happened, Gio? And he goes, well, I saw all those things. I saw how the sink was broke for a reason. I saw how we, we, you know, we were there to love on her and just bring her the love of God and how you, you know, how, how, how you, you know, Christ just was ever present in the whole situation. And I immediately prayed over Gio and he accepted Christ right there, and he just gave me a hug. Gio was just on fire for God after that point in time. He couldn't stop talking about Jesus and how much he's done for him. My next uh, best friend is Danny. He um, dealt drugs, you know, recruited strippers to go work on 8 Mile there. Earlier in the week, he got shot at, and he's like, Mitch, I should be dead right now. Someone was watching over me. and. Uh, just Gio being on fire for God was like, hey, come to my house. I need to talk to you guys about something. But really, just wanted to talk about Jesus. <laughs> and uh, so we go back after picking up Danny, his girlfriend from the strip club down 8 Mile, go back to Gio's house and uh, just praying over them. Um, just miracle after miracle, all my friends came to the love of God. The one girl that used to work at the strip club, she no longer works there. She's like, it's time to get a real girl job and take off the heels all my friends just going to church and they're just on fire from God and it all started with you know the the trip Gio being on fire for God then Danny seeing God and then now they're talking amongst each other about God and then my other friend hanging out with them now they're four of them are talking about God leading to seven people to Christ was truly amazing just seeing how he affected seven of my best friends not only my best friends people that were in the gang life with me and totally changed in their lives how awesome is it just to, to love God and trust really what He wants to do in your life and how important really your life really is. And He says we're the hands and feet. And, you know, I wouldn't have been the hand and feet of Christ if I didn't listen and obey to what He wanted me to say to my friends. And uh, really what I could do with such small wor wor words 
um, and how Christ can take those small words that I said and develop them into a loving compassion that he wants to show to my friends, saying, I know what you thought was love was before the gang life and stuff, but let me show you what love really is. Really sitting on the plane ride home, I was like, wow, uh, I'm glad I didn't take a vacation. I'm glad I took God seriously in the mission he had. I, I think the one thing that I was most excited about was that I get to see my friends for eternity in the kingdom of heaven. I was so happy. <laughs> That just blows me away because I'm like, let me put it in the simplest terms. The guy went on vacation and seven of his friends got saved. Right? When, what happened on your last vacation? <laughs> really? You know, what happened the last time, you know, I, went, I just got off vacation and I was at the beach every day. I got to step my game up compared to Mitch here. And the most amazing thing was, you know, what really got me was the fact that God, he said, God used my small words and he turned it into the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it's all about? And it really what reminded me of the miracle that Jesus did uh, when he fed the 5,000. How many guys know that story? When he, when, he, when he passed out the bread and the fish, and he, and he, and he literally fed 5,000 people with a, a few things. And that's what he did with Mitch. And I want to read that story. So let's turn to John 6. I'm just going to read it really quick. I'm going to read the whole story so you get the whole gist. And in John 6, verse 1, it says this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw him, uh, his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can he, uh, we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip. For he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Well, what good is it with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down. Jesus said, they all, uh, so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000, which means doesn't include women and children, which... It could have been around 7,000 or 8,000 people. Uh, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that, they were ready to force him to be their king. He slipped away into the hills by himself because it wasn't his time yet. He did this miracle and they wanted to make him king and they saw his power and his glory and they're like, nope, not yet. Isn't this an amazing story? But I really believe this can apply to evangelism, this big Christianese word, evangelism, about sharing Jesus. It's about taking the little that we have and God, and you put it in God's hands and God will do an amazing thing with it. That's a miracle. And you have to believe that this story, is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? Hmm, let me ask that question again. 
Is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. He absolutely is. He's the same Lord that did this miracle. Can't he do the same thing in our lives? The little that we bring, the small words that we say to someone, seven friends getting saved in one vacation, I think that's an amazing thing. I don't think the story is over yet. I think there's four things that we can learn from this story, about Mitch's story and about, about this specific story, about Jesus' heart. And really, I'll, I want you to hear Jesus' heartbeat on this. I'm going to share four things about Jesus that we can learn that, learn about this. But if we actually get this, it should change our mindset about sharing the word, sharing with others. It should uh, stop our fears and our insecurities and should, should get us out of ourselves if we really think about these four things in this, in this story. And I, I think the first thing is, is Jesus' compassion, if you're taking notes. Jesus' compassion. Did he have compassion over the multitude? Yes, he did. Remember, he asked Philip, how can we feed these people? These people were starving. And why were they starving? Because they're looking for an answer. They saw Jesus do these miracles, so they're gathering around. And think about it. Why would you want a miracle? Because you're hurting. You're lame. Your relationships are, are, are going south. You have a bad life. You need answers. And this guy might have the answer. So these multitudes were chasing Jesus to have their... their their needs met. And in the midst of it, one of the most important needs was to feed themselves. And then he forgot to feed themselves, and they're getting hungry. And Jesus looked across the board and said, I need to do something about it. And it speaks Jesus' heart so much. I mean, remember what, what did God say to Mitch on the plane? Remember what he said? Mitch, don't take a vacation. I need to do something for your friends. Remember he said that? That's what God told Mitch on the plane, which, which translates, I've been chasing after your friends. I've been pursuing them. I know their hurts. I know their pains. I know what they're going through, the drugs and the strip clubs and all that. And I want to pull them out of it. I see a need and I want to do something about it. And guess what? You're the guy I'm going to use to do it. Because I have compassion. And then what I'm, what I'm trying to say to you guys, if you really get this, is that the people around you Imagine the coworkers that you work with every single week, the, the, the students that you sit next to every single day in school, the, the, the Starbucks that you go at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's the same people, right? Isn't it? All right? It's like you're standing in line with them. They need Jesus. The same surf spot that you surf. The one thing I learned about that is I was compartmentalizing. I can't say that word. I was saying I can share the gospel here, but I'm not going to share the gospel here. God's saying, I, wherever you go, share the gospel, in and out of season. Jesus is compassion. He's chasing after your friends and your family. And all we got to do is just remind ourselves about that. It should change our whole mindset. Are you hearing me? You hear, you hear with me? Thank you. I'm Filipino. You need to interact with me. I'm sorry. It's like, that's just the way I do it. Okay. The second thing that Jesus' uh, uh, heartbeat was um, Jesus' provision in this story. Jesus' provision. And what I mean by that, let me ask you a question. Where'd the boy come from? I actually don't have the answer. Of all the people, of all the thousands of people, there was one kid with food. <laughs> one kid, some, one kid, which is really weird. Well, what do I want to eat today? Five loaves <laughs> and two fish? That's a big meal for a kid, right? <laughs> and who, who brought that kid? Why was he there? I, and I have to believe that God, for some reason, 
and somehow appointed this kid to bring the loaves and the fish. Remember what he said to, to Philip? He said, Philip, how are we going to, he was testing Philip. How are we going to feed these guys? I don't know. Because it says, for Jesus knew what he was going to do. Which means he knew the boy was there. He knew the boy existed. He knew there was something I can use, however small it was. And, and God's provision was this little boy. In Mitch's story, who was the provision? Mitch. Mitch was the provision. He was the anointed person for that moment. I'm going to anoint you. I have appointed you for this vacation, and you're going to share Jesus right here. And, it, and it's kind of cool because you think about it. Um, the boy didn't come up. It was Andrew. Andrew said, there's a little boy here. And I want to tell you that there's going to be moments where God has appointed you as the provision to bring the good news and the bread of life to people, and it's God that's going to bring you forth, like Andrew did. Hey, there's a boy here. There's a boy with fish. In your workplace, there's someone that knows Jesus, and I'm going to do something. I am going to do something. I know what I'm going to do, and I'm going to use it. You might be God's provision whether you know it or not. And we have to change our mindset to go, you know what? Yeah, I want to be available to do that. I want to be available to be, to be God's provision. The third thing that I think we can learn from this sermon about Jesus' heartbeat is Jesus' appreciation. Now, let me explain this. What happened when Jesus received the, the loaves and the fish? What happened? What was his first act? He gave thanks to the Father. He didn't, he didn't take it and then, oh, wait, let's do this. I think this is really important for you to get. He got the fish. He got the loaves. Thank God for it. Then he got the fish, and he thanked God for it. He thanked God for the little that he had in his hands. The little boy doesn't really explain it, but finally gave up of his stuff, and he actually gave it to the Lord, and it was in his hands. I think that's really important, that the little that we give that we don't do it on our own, that we place it in Jesus' hands. But what did he do first? He thanked the Lord. And why is this so important? Because so many of us talk ourselves out of sharing Jesus, don't we? For what reason? I don't know the Bible. I don't have the words. I can't speak. Uh, they're going to reject me. Anybody with me? They're gonna, that guy is going to beat me up. That guy. That's what I thought. That guy's going to punch me in the face. You know, I have so many reasons not to share, and I have so many things that talk myself down and say, I'm not good enough, I'm not holy enough, I don't know the Bible, whatever it is, and I, and I just do this to myself. And you have to realize that Jesus is taking what little you have and what little you are, and he's thanking God for it. Are you hearing me? He's going, thank you, thank you. One person's, he's going, thank you, God. Because, and here's the most amazing thing. He's looking at you and you're offering and saying, I know what this can become. I know what I can make this into. And you know what? I thank that this little boy gave it up. And now watch the miracle happen. If we have the attitude of Jesus' appreciation for you, for our lives, no matter where we're at, don't talk yourself down. Don't talk yourself out of it. Because in Jesus' hands, you can take it. You know what I love about the gospel? And I love about this church, we really believe in this. We believe that there's ordinary people that don't know much, that don't know the Bible, but they know Jesus. You can take ordinary people, you can apply Jesus' power to it, and you can have unlimited potential. 
You take the little that you give, you put it in Jesus' hands, and watch the miracle happen. Because he's thanking the Lord for it. Don't disregard what you can give to the Lord, because he's, he's thanking God for it. The fourth thing and the last thing is Jesus' glorification. I know that's a big word too, Jesus' glorification. Really, really what I'm just basically trying to say is, is that at the end of it, after you give your small offering to the Lord, after you, after you step out of yourself to share Jesus, I think a lot of times we want to get the glory. It's like, ooh, I, I shared the Lord with him, I saved. But at the end, guess who gets the glory? Jesus. And isn't that the whole goal? Is that you would step out of your faith and share love to someone, and at the end, they would stop looking at you and go, I need a savior because I am a sinner and I need someone to pull me out of this pit and I want to give all the glory to God. At the end of the day, God got the glory and so much so he had to slip away because they're like, let's make him king. Oh my gosh, he's the finally the Messiah, whatever it is. And God's like, nope, it's not my time yet. Mm-mm. But thanks for the glory though, right? And the most awesome thing is, I know it's like, yeah, let's be selfless and, and give all the glory to God. But here's the most awesome thing. What happened at the end? How much baskets did they pick up at the end? 12. And I think that's a really interesting number, 12. Because which means cl- cleanup time happened. How many guys bail when after a party you have to clean up? Anybody bail? Probably everyone did with all their like, yay! Guess who's left? The 12 disciples. Oh. What? Okay, it's a mess. It's a mess. Wait, we started off with five loaves and two fish. Like, what the, you know, boom, like, I can see all 12 of them, even the little boy. Like, what, what happened? Oh, my, what? And they walked away. Even though God gets the glory, guess what? You get a, you get a basket full of stuff. And it built their faith. I mean, think about them just looking at that and going, what, what just happened? It's, it's too much for even every, it wasn't just to, to suit the needs. I got leftovers. And I think this is an amazing cycle that we need to remind ourselves happens is that when we give the little to the Lord, he takes it and does a miracle and glorifies himself. But then he gives us more and he gives us a basket. And guess what? Now we can even give that away too and give him more glory. And it's a cycle and he'll keep on giving us more and more as we give it away, as we give it away. I think that's the whole, you know, that's why generosity works. Because if we have a generous heart that is dedicated to the glory of Jesus Christ, God's all, okay, I'm going to give you more then. Awesome. I mean, think about Mitch, how stoked he was. I think he was, he was on the plane with a basket full of, of bread. He's like, oh, man, God, I can't believe you did that. I was talking to him, you know, on, on Friday night. He started a Bible study on the boat that he was assigned to. All because some guy was reading the Bible. Like, what are you reading? He said he had a mini church of nine people on, on a boat. This guy, he's just going. He's just going for it because God gave him a basket. Like, I'm ready to share more, more bread with people. He's going for it. I have a story to tell you guys, some, something that marked my life, just built my faith and, and has all these elements in here about Jesus' uh, compassion, Jesus' uh, provision, uh, appreciation, and glorification. I I've, you know, I always tell these stories, but, you know, it's just funny stories. I, I used to be in a punk band uh, back in the 90s. 90s, anyone? Anyone love the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, 
good old days, right on. Okay. I was in a punk band back then, and uh, we decided to go on tour from Hawaii, and we, it was our first tour. It was our California tour, and we were just young, 20-year-old punk rockers trying to like, yeah, let's go punk rock the world, whatever it is, and we actually met in church. We, we, we were a mini church that turned into a punk rock band, <laughs> and so we went on tour, and so naive that we, we went to, we booked all these gigs, and we went to San Francisco, and we didn't have a van. We had no vehicle whatsoever. We didn't have credit cards. <laughs> there was no way to get to any of our gigs. And then I called up my cousin. And I'm like, hey, he was living in San Francisco, or in Berkeley, actually. He got us this van for 200 bucks. $200 van, just this beat. Uh, and then his, uh, his neighbor, who was, sorry, he was a, a Mexican. So he looked at our, our van. And I'm sorry if I, my Mexican accent is really bad. But he looked at our van. He fixed some stuff a little bit. He's all, this could make it to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> This can make it all the way to Mexico. And little did we know that it can't make it back. That's what he was really saying. Uh, seriously, we didn't make it back, actually. And, uh, but he's like, yeah, this could go, this could go, let's do it. So it was our, one of our first gigs. We uh, went to play in Cupertino. Anybody know Cupertino, that Bay Area? And uh, we, we played our gig, and it was late at night, and we were supposed to drive to LA, which is like, what, five hours from there? So we said, hey, we better get gas. So on the way to get gas, we see the light. We see the, okay, the first gas station, really late at night. And as soon as we saw the gas station, we're heading there, the car dies. The van just, just boom, the engine just dies. So we're just on this roll. And we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, no, oh, no. But it was fast enough, seriously, not even joking, fast enough to literally get to the gas station and pull into the pump. <laughs> and the car stopped, and we're just like, Thank you, Jesus. We're like, this is a miracle. Like, we just stopped right there. And we're like, oh, good. Goodness gracious. The car couldn't stop. The car was just broke. I don't know what was wrong with it. We had no idea. And it was late at night, and so no one was there. And actually, the, 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 here's the funny thing. Even though it was a miracle, I'm like, God, you didn't do that much of a miracle. The place is closed. I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? And so, but there was a light on in the garage, and there was a guy in there. And we're like, ooh, okay, there's one guy in the middle of nowhere Let's do this. Let's, let's go there. Like, hey, how you doing? We gave him our story. Like, we broke down, whatever it is. And, hey, man, can you help us? Can you fix our, can you take a look? He's like, no, no, I got to go home right now. It's real late. And whatever it is, like, I can't help you. I'm sorry. You know what? There's a couple of mechanics. You can, you can wait till morning. And we'll be up here. And maybe I'll, I'll help you, whatever it is. But I, you know, I can't help you right now, whatever it is. And he was totally just like, no, leave me alone. We're like, okay, we can take no. Okay, I get it. So we had nothing to do. So really, oddly enough, we just sat there and bugged him the whole night, just started talking to him. And he kind of like, he just said, oh, so where are you guys from? And we talked about church and how we met and why we made this band, whatever. And to be honest with you, I can't remember what we talked about. I can't remember even talked about God or maybe we did. I'm not even sure. But in the middle of the conversation, he literally stopped us. And he said, you know what? I got, I got to tell you guys something. Last week, I prayed to God to show me a sign if he was real. And he looked right in our eyes and he said, you guys are that sign. I'm like, huh? And then he lifted his leg and he had this thing locked to his ankle. And he said, yeah, um, I've been under house arrest. And at that time, I got really, really scared. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, run, Jesus, what have you got into what's going on? He's like, I've been under house arrest. I've been going through a tough time, and I've been asking the Lord if he is real or not. 
and you are that sign. And then he called us angels. You guys are angels. I'm like, we're three punk rock kids. Like in our 20s, like, angels? What are you talking about? And they said this. You know what? I'm going to fix your van for you. Don't worry. Just stay here. I'm going to fix your van. Next morning, he towed our van to the place where he was under house arrest. (laughs) He fixed our van, and by noon, we were on our way. And I have no idea what happened to this guy. When I get to heaven, I want to ask, Lord Jesus, what happened to that guy? But I have to look at this story and my, my miracle that I experienced, and I see. What, did I, what do I see? I see Jesus' compassion. Where is Jesus' compassion in this story? This guy was calling out to God, God, show, my, show me that you are real. And God said, okay, I will. I will show myself to you. He had enough compassion to break our van down in front of his garage because we knew Jesus. Jesus' provision. Who was the provision? Three punk rock kids that knew Jesus, and we were there. And for some reason, it just spewed out of our mouth. I'm not sure what we even said. And we were the provision for that special, unique time and moment. Jesus' appreciation well, he took our words that I can't even remember, and he turned it into something it's like, oh, you guys are, the guy called us angels, for goodness sake. What? I couldn't believe it. God took our little bit and turned it into a miracle for this guy. And then Jesus' glorification. The guy got his faith built. He saw God do a miraculous something in front of him. We got our van fixed, and God got all the glory. God got all the glory. And I look at that, and I go, what about in, in, in all of our lives, the little miracles that God wants to work, and all, all he's doing is waiting for us to go, can you use this? And God's all, yeah, I can use that. I want to state again what I said in the beginning of the, the message. This is a message about evangelism, but I want to break that mold of evangelism in your brain because I really want to, what, what I want to say to you guys is, is that you have no idea the difference that you can make. You have no idea. And I want to challenge you guys this week. What are the small words that you can say to someone? Small words that Mitch said. I mean, think about Mitch. He didn't, he didn't know the Bible. He doesn't have years of experience. He didn't even know the guy's name of the guy who lost everything in the Bible. You know, Job. He didn't even know it's some guy I read. (laughs) You know? And God used him. What small attitude change that you need to make at your workplace? What small step of faith that you can do and buy someone's coffee? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. But what small offering can you use and give to the Lord? And in the end, God will get the glory because you have no idea the difference you can make for Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word and I want to thank you so much that this inspires me to share your word. That Lord, I pray that everyone here gets the heartbeat of what I believe that you wanted to share that you can use any of us. You could speak through a donkey and you can do miraculous things and you have such...
compassion for the world out there, for the people that do not know you. You have so much love, and all you're, all you're waiting for is, this, is, is the, the breads and the loaves to be offered up to you, that we would get out of ourselves and out of our insecurities and our fears and really know that you want to do incredible things through us. And Lord, whether we see the end of the story or not, Lord, the most, the most awesome thing is that we get to be a, 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 a part and privileged to be a, a part of someone else's story, about, of someone's miracle, whether we see it or not. But we just put it out there anyway and knowing that you're going to use it and expand it and, and, and do incredible things with it, God. Lord, challenge us. Equip us. Lord, more importantly, just fill us with your love so that we can be truly your hands and feet in the world. I want to pray for anyone here that might not know Jesus Christ. Maybe you're sitting here and something brought you here. Something called you to come to church. A need like those many people that were following Jesus going, man, you can do something with my life because it's in shambles right now and I need a miracle. I need, some, I need someone to do something. All those, those multitudes that were chasing after Jesus, maybe that's you this morning. You're saying, you know what? I want, I want that. I want that power that, that, that Pastor Tom is talking about. I want that joy and that peace that I see others have in this room if you want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ this morning I want to encourage you to do that and really what it really simply is is telling Jesus that he died on the cross for you that he shed his blood we took communion it's really remembering that his blood and his body was sacrificed for you for your sins it's for you to be forgiven and set free to be for you to be adopted as a child of God he did all that for you and all he's asking is that you acknowledge that and tell him, Jesus, because of that, I want to give you my life. I want to surrender. And I want to become a follower of Jesus, a born again Christian. Maybe you're doing it for the second or third time. Maybe you're coming back. Maybe this is a rededication. I think this prayer is for you as well. But if you want that this morning, I want to say a prayer with you and I want you to say that prayer with me. But if you want that, please tell me that you're going to be praying with me. I'm going to count to three really simply. And on three, all I ask is that you raise your hand and, and, and you're basically saying, Pastor Tom, I, I want Jesus this morning. So here we go. Can I count to three? Just, just shoot your hand up so I can see. One, two, three. Anybody here? All right, we got one, we got two, we got three, we got four, we got five. Anybody else? Awesome. Six. Awesome. Hands are shooting up. Anybody else? Ah, see another one. Oh, there's seven. Thank you. Praise God. Anybody else? No, my eyes aren't too good, but I think there's more than that. Awesome. That's so cool. Thank you so much. Can I say that this is probably the most, this is the most important part of the service and actually the most mo important moment of your life because it is a moment of eternity that you get to spend with them. Thank you so much for those people that rose your hand. Now, just bow your heads again and just right now under your breath, just copy my words, hitchhike off of my words to Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, I am so sorry. I've ignored you and I have a sinful life and 
And I admit I am a sinner, but I want to say one thing too, that you are a savior, that what you did on, on the cross for me by, by giving up your life really saved me because it's setting me free and forgiving me of my sins. And so I, I ask for your forgiveness right now. And, I, and because you did that for me, Lord, I proclaim right now that you are my Lord and my, my savior. I surrender myself to you right now. I give my life to you. I give the little that I have knowing that you're going to do amazing things through it. But Lord, right now, I thank you so much that you have saved me and that you are my friend. I thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's give those people a hand. Yeah.